As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. A trade deadline special. The Wizards made a trade uh, and uh, it was not as exciting as I just sounded with that tone. Uh, the Wizards are sending off, let's do this because it's a three-team trade. So the Wizards are sending Troy Brown to the Chicago Bulls. They're sending Mo Wagner to the Boston Celtics. And there are some other people in there and some other stuff in there. Luke Cornett is going to the Celtics. Daniel Tice is going to Chicago. And uh, the main feature, at least for this podcast, is that Chandler Hutchison and Daniel Gafford are coming to Washington, and uh, even more the main feature is that David Aldridge is on the Skype line. How how you doing on the trade deadline evening? Uh, this is so why I'm lying down because it's been a long last four days. Um, you know, chasing every rumor and hearing things and having to, you know you know the drill. Nobody cares about that, but it's tiring. Um, it's just been a long few days, um, but it's done. Uh, you know, the Wizards, again, looking to improve along the margins um, as opposed to kind of like really going all in on a on an obvious and big improvement. Um, you know, I think they're probably a little bit better defensively and probably a little worse offensively, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah you know, it's kind of weird. I'm kind of stuck between on this because – it's really jarring when you look at the standings and you see them and the magic tied in the wins column and the direction that one team went in, you know, the, the magic are using a shovel to dig a hole for themselves and the wizards are using a shovel to fight off everybody coming for Bradley Beal. And, and it's, uh, it's kind of jarring when you look at those teams and see that one is 13th, one is 14th. They're a game apart. One decided we're trading our all-star Nikola Vucevic. We are trading Aaron Gordon, we are trading Evan Fournier, who's going to be a free agent this summer. And normally I'm a big proponent on, you know what, get better at the margins. Yeah, they traded Troy Brown, who they drafted in the first round. But like, it's not like they traded Troy Brown for Garrett Temple when they make a trade with Chicago. You know, they, they traded him for, you know, a young player who's got team control and, and Daniel Gafford, who who they like. It's It's not some sort of disastrous turnover, although the process behind the trade, which I'm sure we'll talk about, was was really the more problematic part, just kind of how, how they didn't prioritize Troy Brown's development. Um, but, but it's just, 
it just feels like part of the the cycle of like this team is 15 27 and they're it just feels like they're kind of delaying they're delaying the Beal storyline now until the summer and then all this stuff is just going to pop up again because they didn't improve in a meaningful way they didn't get worse in a meaningful way and so nothing meaningful is really going to change you know yeah and i just don't know that that's a good place to be i mean it makes it only makes sense if you if you hit a home run next summer you know you have a bunch of contracts that potentially you could put together, you know, for good but not great players. Um, you know, you, you don't have a real, you don't have any draft surplus, but you could certainly conceivably, you know, throw some draft capital in. Um, but if the idea is we're, you know, we'll see what happens with the lottery, obviously, and that, that will be a big factor in this as well. But if you wind up with a top five pick, I think you're going to get a very good player in this draft, but if it's eight or nine again, you know, they're going to be in the same place they've been the last two years, which is, you know, let's take the best of what's left, which is not the same thing as a really good impact player that can immediately come in and help you. Um, I think we've seen with each of their last two drafts that neither one of those guys was ready for prime time when they got here. So um, it's just difficult to kind of keep, counting on, again, marginal development. They need somebody that can play, like now. Somebody that can come in and give to them what John Morant gave to Memphis in terms of a, a, a lift or a, you know, what LaMelo Ball gave to, to Charlotte this year. Just an obvious lift because of the talent level and their abilities. Now, I don't know if that's Suggs or Kay Cunningham or I like Evan Mobley. Um, but it's got to be one. It's got to be somebody that steps in and plays at a high level immediately. And and look, they might end up getting one of them. We're recording this thing in the middle of the Knicks game, by the way. So if we uh, don't acknowledge the Knicks, the reason why is because it's currently halftime of that game. Uh, they might end up kind of falling backwards into one of those guys. I mean, tank tank. If tanking is a is a philosophy and not necessarily in a. Uh, you know, it's not necessarily reflected in the standings. It's a philosophy. The Thunder, whether they finish with the sixth worst record or eighth worst record or third worst record, they're tanking. Mm. It's a philosophy that they are inflicting. They are they are tanking. The Wizards, whether they finish with the worst record or the eighth worst record, they're not tanking. They're 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 trying to win games. Uh, whether they're tanking or a lot or not, I mean, they have the fifth worst winning percentage in the NBA right now. You talk yeah. to a lot of the draft experts and. They'll tell you five. There are five stars in this draft. There are five guys who have a legitimate chance to be serious difference makers. And if you go in with the fifth worst record, you got a a, a, real, a real chance of kind of lucking into one of those guys in the lottery. And maybe maybe that's what happens. But but even so, you know, the clock on Beal is now a year, and yeah. and you know you're 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 playing with fire. I know Beal has. They were never going to trade Beal. They. We're not fielding calls on him. They were not engaging with other teams on him. And Beal has never gone to them, to my knowledge, and and said, you got to get me out of here. And everything that Beal says publicly leads you to say that, you know, he's he's still giving them a chance, uh, but he doesn't want to just stay forever and lose. I mean, he no. he wants to win and he's made that explicit both publicly and privately. Uh, and I I something has to happen if they're going to hold on to Beal for them to win. And, and 
I don't know what it would have been. This isn't like a criticism of how they handled the deadline because I I don't know what they could have done at this deadline that would have been a reasonable move that you can do. You're 15 and 27. You're not giving up multiple first round picks to get Nikola Vucevic. Like that would have been crazy. So they shouldn't do anything like that. But if you're going to hold on to Beal, you, you feel like, you know, the Westbrook move was that. That was the, that's our upgrade. And it hasn't it hasn't done anything for them. Uh, I, I don't know what that next thing is that gets them into you're going to win with, with Beal in the immediacy. Well, again, that's, it has to be a big swing. I don't think Russell West, I don't think Westbrook was a big swing. It was, you know, my bad contract for your bad contract. You know, um, I don't, I mean, would they have been demonstrably worse if they had kept John Wall and played with him this year? You know what I mean? Like, I can't sit here and say they'd be worse. Like, you know, they are what they are and it's not good. Um, So I think they'd probably be about the same. So again, the dramatic improvement is where I think is the only thing that I think is going to keep Beal, you know, kind of locked in and engaged. It has to be obvious that they make a big upgrade. So, you know, I think they got about five months. I really do. I think they've got to fix this thing within the next five months and it can't be, and I, it's not, and I'm not being critical of Tommy Shepard, but it can't be in this kind of piecemeal. We're going to try to get a little bit better because Daniel Gafford's a better rim protector than, than what we have. And, you know, our coach can't figure out how to get Troy Brown minutes. So it's just not, we're just going to punt on that one even though they said for three years this kid's the youngest kid in the league and that's the upside is that he's going to get better and better and better and it didn't, you know, it's just, you know, just that just went away. Um, but that's okay because you got another young guy. You know, at least they didn't trade for, you know, 33-year-old players this time. <laughs> so, like, so that's so that's better, you know, right? So, um, but it's still not, hey, this is going to get us into the top – five or six in the East. And that's what they need. Right. To, to me, to me, the problematic part of the trade is not, is not the return they got for Brown and Wagner, because I think that's probably about what those guys are worth. It was the process leading up to it. It was the, you know, the couple of, or the really the two and a half years, especially with, with Brown, the, the couple of years of not, I'm just going to, at the very least, not prioritizing his development and at the very most somewhat stifling it by really not playing him, you know, giving kind of handing the offense over to him in the bubble for, for in a substantial way, letting him run pick and rolls, letting him grab defensive rebounds and go and then signing a bunch of ball handlers and not having him do that coming into this year. Now, yeah. now I'm not saying Troy Brown is this up-and-coming, all-world guy who's going to be able to run your first unit. I think Troy Brown can become a nice bench player, a really helpful bench player who can help run your reserve unit for 12 to 16 minutes a night or whatever and can do it in a competent way and can be your heady guy who makes the right pass and runs the right action and becomes a good team defender and a good cutter and all those sorts of things. Like I think that's the type of player he's capable of becoming, but when you draft a guy 15th and it wasn't just this year, you know, uh, his rookie year, it took him until February 
until he was in the rotation consistently. And that was kind of when they started to roll over a couple weeks after the trade deadline of that season. That was the year they traded for, for Ariza for the second time. And, you know, it took until like February of that season. That was his rookie year for him to really get in the rotation consistently with everybody clamoring. This team is not winning. It's not going anywhere. Put your first round pick in the rotation and just see what he can do. Get him minutes and he's still only 21 years old and and just the not the lack of prioritizing his development in lieu of trying to win on three consecutive teams that have lost at a 50 win pace is just that's problematic uh and if he goes and is helpful elsewhere uh you know i i think you can look back at that situation and look at parts of it and and see how it was handled with some regret because it's just the lack of prioritizing your first round picks development is weird, especially when you juxtapose it with how much they prioritize Rui. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's just, again, the improvement has to come. You're looking for improvement. The first round pick supposed to be a rotation player. Not, It's not supposed to be something you're guessing about. You know what I mean? Like you pick a guy in the first round, they're supposed to contribute something and and Troy didn't really do that and again I don't think that's all Troy's fault um you know and and you passed up on other talent that you could have had because you were gambling on the youth and and him being able to ha- and him having such a high upside as a guy that wasn't really great at anything but you thought could do everything at a very high level and it didn't work out. And I'm not going to kill them for it not working out. A lot of first-round picks don't work out. But but it's, but it's you don't see, again, like other teams that draft in the top 10 regularly, you see their young guys being a part of their what they're doing. You know, whatever you think of Orlando, whatever Orlando's doing, their young guys play. You know, they play their young guys. You know, it's not always pretty, but they play them. And that's... I don't know what the point of having young guys is if you're not going to play them and develop them. Maybe it'll be different. They, you know, they they like Gaffard. He he's got some springiness to him as a as a big. He does do things that they haven't had at that position for a while, and we'll see. Um, you know, I think Hutchinson is a project and is not. You know, to me again. Part of the issue I have with this team is the redundancy. You already have a, a guy that's offensively challenged and long defensively in Bonga. Why do you need another one? <laughs> you know, I don't understand that in a league where where you have to shoot to be able to play. Now you've got two guys that you're going to want to take a look at that can't shoot. So I don't know. Um, but I'm fine taking a shot at look, taking a look at Gaffard. You know, he is a legit big prospect that they can that they can look at as a as a potential starter or or at worst um you know a a really good energetic backup for thomas bryant going forward so i'm fine with that um like you said it's just the process that's more kind of weird than anything else he is i was going through this because he can really jump like really jump very high and he's often very out of place on defense. 
he he was the prize, by the way, in this deal. Like he's the guy who they wanted. I think they're my read on the situation is they're they're seeing if if there's anything in Hutchison, but but he's been inconsistent in Chicago, and I think I think like he's the guy who they wanted. He can jump like crazy. And one of the things I was racking my brain with today was, you know, every year you talk to John Wall, you know, for every year I've been on the Wizards beat, you go into the offseason. And since before I was on the Wizards beat, you go into the offseason and some reporter asked John, hey, John, what do you think the team could use as an upgrade for next year? And his answer every time, really an athletic big man. And then you go to the next year and it's, hey, John, what do you think the team could use for next year? Yeah, an athletic big man. And it was his answer every single year. And so I'm racking my brain. Like, when was the last time they had a big man who was kind of the rim protector lob finisher that fits this description? And I I, I think they thought that's what they were getting in Dwight Howard. And then it Dwight Howard showed up and, you know, he couldn't even stand up straight because his back was so injured and he looked like, right. you know, he looked so hurt during the nine or so games that he played that year and then has surgery and doesn't play again. And I, I think JaVale is the last guy. Yeah. No, it's JaVale. I, mean, I think it, it, it's, uh, yeah, JaVale is, is clearly the last kind of, you know, springy, big, you know, kind of modern big that, that they've had. Um, and again, I, I mean, it's fine. I, I don't, you know, again, I'm, I'm not going to get too excited about this, but it's fine. Um, you know, it, it, it helps you in, in one way. Um, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see, you know, how many minutes he can really command with his abilities, his, his defensive abilities and his rebounding and rim running and all that. Um, but they need to do a lot more. I think they've got to do a lot more and they don't have much more time to do that lot more. Um, they got to really start swinging for the fences here. I think, um, otherwise I don't know the point. I, I, I don't understand the point of keeping Brad around unless you're going to really do everything you can to improve the roster. Um, so to me, I, I think everybody would, to me would be available if, if I needed to move up to get to a top three pick, or a top five pick, if, if you think there's five players in this draft, then you got to do that. And I don't really care who you put in the deal to do that. <laughs> you know, at this point, you got to do it. Um, and you probably need to use your mid level on, again, nothing. Robin Lopez has been great, but you got to use it on somebody better than Robin Lopez next summer. Um, if you're going to make it worth Brad's while to stay here. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What would you... So a couple years ago, they hold on to Trevor Ariza and Jeff Green past the deadline. And I think they could have gotten at least one second round pick for both those guys, especially Ariza. This year, 
the the expiring veterans they have are not they're not as uh I'm gonna say they're not as enticing as Ariza and Greenberg that year, especially Ariza. Yeah. I I'm not gonna say they definitely could have gotten a second round pick for Robin Lopez, definitely could have gotten a second round pick for Neto, definitely could have gotten a second round pick for Ish Smith, who's currently injured and I don't think is coming back like tomorrow. I think it's gonna be at least another week or two for ish last time I checked it wasn't really doing that much. So I'm not under the impression they, they, I haven't heard that they had some offer of two first, two second round picks for Robin Lopez or whatever. And they turned it down and, you know, he makes $7 million. So now you're talking about swapping money there and, and maybe it's not good money or whatever. So I'm not, I'm not throwing like, it's, it's not necessarily a criticism uh, because it's too, it's too hypothetical. But what is your reaction to those guys? I asked Tommy Shepard about it today, tonight, for what it's worth, about kind of his philosophy going in with expiring vets there. And he said that his intention is that he'd like to bring those guys back, ideally. And you can't bring everybody back. But he says, Neto has done a fantastic job for us. He said, Ish is such a great spirit in our locker room every night. He said, Robin has been a tremendous backup center in the role in the role we projected for him. He's done more than what we could have hoped for. What what is your reaction to them holding on to those guys for the rest of the year? Do you have any sort of thoughts on that? Well, I mean, honestly, I don't think any and you know, as a group, I don't I, I doubt any one of those guys well, I should I just said as a group. So as a group, I doubt that you were gonna you would get a lot back for for any combination of those players even on an expiring contract. I mean, you know, you're talking about second round picks. Um, maybe, you know, for one, two or three of those guys, um, maybe you get two seconds back, which is, you know, again, it's fine. It's currency. Um, if you're still operating on the, I think, increasing delusion that you have a chance to get in, make up, make that 10th spot and get in the tournament and figure it out and okay. But, um, and you can't ever admit that you're tanking, I guess, um, uh, you know, it, it's okay. I'm not, I, I, it's not bad that they didn't make a move for those guys. Um, I, I think it's, you know, the, the problem will be how many of those guys are you really planning on bringing back next year to me is, the, is the issue, you know, your, your, your roster is, is anywhere near good enough to, to have, you know, that level of guy that you're putting money into and, you know, you, you still don't really know, you know, the first year of the Bertans deal has not been good. Um, so you, you really got to hope that, that he makes a, a big jump back up to elite next year. Um, so they just got a lot of work to do um, on the roster. Um, but if they didn't get a second this year for, for Neto or, or for Robin Lopez, I mean, okay, I'm not going to kill him for it. Yeah. I mean, Shepard talked about bringing them back and I get it. I mean, you know, what else in some ways, what else is he going to say at the same time? You got Beal, you got Westbrook, you got Bertans, you got Rui, you've got Denny. I mean, you bring those three guys back. You, you basically are just bringing back the same roster. Well, that's the point. You can't do that. You're 14 and 30 or whatever the hell they are. 
you can't bring back the same roster. You know, you just can't. You know, if you're if you're serious about again showing your your star player that you're you're improving the team to the point where it can compete with the better teams in the East, you have to you have to be very bold in in what you do. Um, you really got to make sure that this is a, a much different looking team next year. Um, and I don't just mean, you know, you lose Ish Smith or, or you lose Neto and you go sign, you know, another back, a veteran backup point guard. You know, I'm not talking about that. <laughs> talking about making your top seven better, like a lot better. Like now, <laughs> you know, that's the only, that's the only possible, it's the only hope they have. And that's going to require taking some chances, frankly, I think. Um, I think they're just going to have to take some chances on on making deals for, you know, a, a, a veteran player that can step in right away. And maybe they have to give up a future first to do that. But that's that might be what they have to do. And 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 they're in a tough position with that, too. Because of the yeah. protections that they put on the first round pick they're sending to Houston, that pick is very heavily protected, which in some right. ways, that's that's a good thing. That means there's a decent chance. There's a realistic chance that that pick never conveys. And they, never convey, right, right. they didn't right. actually give up a first for Westbrook. The other thing right. that it does, though, is it restricts them from trading a first rounder for a very long time. Right. And, right. and the only way, realistically, there are weird ways that they can do it if the other team agrees to weird restrictions. But realistically, they could really only trade their 2021 first by sending it unprotected and that was not going to happen so so trading a first round pick is just not very viable and that concept by the way applies to a lot of teams around the league which is something that is worth following in regards to Bradley Beal if he does hit the market at some point in the offseason or next year which is that so many teams are super super heavily protecting their picks in in scenarios where like they didn't used to protect this heavily like in the christian wood trade for example uh the christian wood sign and trade detroit and houston did over the summer detroit sent a first rounder to houston and they protected that pick for seven years which is like okay they're making it so they don't have to give up a first but at the same time they can't trade a first for a very long time and a lot of teams are putting those kinds of protections on now because of that, it's going to limit how many teams can actually trade a solid number of first rounders for Beal if you get to a point to where you're trading him. And, you know, yeah. a couple teams give up multiple first rounders now for Vucevic and, and multiple first rounders for, um, you know, Aaron, you know, for Aaron Gordon commands draft picks. And so, uh, you know, that that market is getting a little bit smaller and there will always be a market for Bradley Beal. I'm not saying that there won't be one. Uh, what I'm mm-hmm. saying is that it's uh it's changing and the protections on those picks is something that's that's worth following when we talk about what the hypothetical market would be even though the wizards refuse to let that marketplace open um yeah i mean i you know i'm not, i i think that's you know those sorts of things are easily fixed with specific language on picks i don't think it's something that's going to you know hamstring really any team if they really want a superstar player, you're going to have to give up a whole bunch of picks and they will figure out what, how to do that in a way that, that, um, that makes Washington whole if they decide to go that route. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there are protections. It, it does make it harder, but you can always take those protections off, <laughs> you know? So, um, if, if you really need to, there's way, there's ways around a lot of these things. Um, 
you know, and, and, uh, but the, the, the bigger point to me is that it just, you know, this just cannot, can, you've had two years of this, you know, kind of waiting, clock running, not really seeing improvement on the, on the floor. Um, and it has to change. It just has to change. And it has to change in an obvious and dramatic way or they're going to be in a world of trouble next year. All right. Well, you can subscribe to Wizards After Dark if you're just randomly listening to this episode. You can tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. You can leave a review on Wizards After Dark if you listen to the show regularly and uh, and you want to I'm do very something. Very happy Bonga. Oh, yeah. We didn't talk about Bonga not getting, getting treated. <laughs> How do we not talk about that? that? I'm very pleased. That should have been... Uh, I can't believe I haven't received an all caps message from you on the Slack on the Slack thread. That's how tired I am, Fred. <laughs> I didn't do my bottle bits, you know. <laughs> um, I'm, you know, I, I, it, it is, it does. I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that that they, you know, didn't ignore the obvious potential this kid still has. We all know he can't shoot. So again, you've got an off season to get in the lab and come back with a jumper, come back with a quarter three. And if you, if you keep, if you come back with a quarter three, you can stay. But if you can't, if you don't, you can't stay. You know what I mean? Like that's where we are with all of this, all of these guys, you know, like, you know, Rui's been, you know, pretty a little bit better this year, but he's got to be a lot better next year. And I think that's where all of these you know, kind of experimental guys that they've brought in the last two years have to be. Um, but I'm glad they kept Bonga because I do think, you know, he the the defensive potential is just so obvious that I just I just would I would have it would have driven me crazy if that had been you know given away for another second round pick or something like that, something similar. Um, at least they're seeing they're keeping. You know him and Matthews and guys and now Gaffard also um, guys that you know have some real potential to be uh, plus defenders. I think in this league, so we'll see what happens. Well, subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Tell your friends about Wizards After Dark. Subscribe to the Athletic if you want to. It's one one dollar a month. We're doing right now. That's it. You can go to theathletic.com slash wizards after dark and you can sign up there for a, if you've been on the fence uh, that that's gets you everything that's not just like wizards content that's going to get you everything that's getting you your nba your nfl your yeah. mlb just the athletic.com slash wizards after dark uh and you can sign up for one dollar a month that's it i'll be back with new episodes sometime next week i'm sure I'm sure I will be having on the guy you know around town, Ben Standig. That's how he referred to himself on the podcast once. The guy <laughs> said, I'm known around town. <laughs> so, so I'm sure I'll be having the guy you know around town. Uh, anyway, I will talk to you guys then. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, 
has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.